It is Wednesday, the 28th day of September 2022. If any of my three listeners happen to be uh, on the west coast or southern part of Florida, I hope that you've chosen to evacuate if you're able to. I've always found it interesting, or that, you know, in that I, I imagine the number of people who can actually evacuate safely, those with the money to do it or have the transportation, aren't elderly or caring for someone who may be, or simply, um, you know, is physically able to do so, uh, is relatively minimal. The people, uh, the media, I should say, and people on social media make it seem incredibly simple to just pick up and temporarily move your life out of the path of a monster fucking catastrophe. This thing is absolutely massive. Hurricane Ian. Seriously, massive. Like, West Ham last season, massive. Like, area Waffle House locations have closed massive. Seriously, this thing is a fucking problem. Um, in better-ish news, uh, this Friday, September 30th, is allegedly International Podcast Day. And I would like to take a second to remind you and everyone else that this show is the uh, hashtag World's Worst Podcast. And how fitting that you and I can spread the word on Friday and let the international podcast community know exactly what they're missing. A show with no niche or no direction, no point, and no talent. It's precisely the kind of product that should be featured during a made-up holiday. Today I'm talking about archaeology, cannibalism, chess, the goddamn New England Patriots, allergies, and so much more that I really know nothing about. But then I'll talk about it anyway, because it's my fucking show. And that's all right here, right now, on episode 135. That's right, 135. Amazing. With complaints and observations. Still, the most less than average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room. When he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity, guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. Hello and uh, welcome again to whatever the fuck this is. Thank you for joining me. Um, At the uh, top of the show, I mentioned I'm down to three listeners. Uh, One of my listeners has... um, Apparently stopped listening, at least I think. (laughs) There's, uh, 
I'm not even. I'm not, I'm not even going to say issues because I, I, you know, personally, I don't really think it's an issue, but this person thought it was, and I, they're well within their right to feel that way. So, so be it. What can you do? Life goes on. Yeah, it kind of stinks, but what can you do? Uh, that's the choice they've made. So, say la vie. I think that fits there, right? Anyway, so yeah, I mentioned uh, the hurricane. Phew, boy. Uh, this thing does not look good. Not look good at all. Uh, my my brother-in-law actually lives in Tampa. Kid just bought a house like two weeks ago. And I fucking hope to hell nothing happens to this thing. Um, because I'll, I'll, I'll feel awful. Really bad if something does happen. So, hoping that things go okay. No issues. I've been seeing a live video from Fort Myers, and that Fort Myers is already underwater, so that's not good. Hopefully, everybody kind of stays out of the way. And, I, you know, the evacuation thing just really, it really kills me. Because it's making an assumption of, of people that live in that particular area. And while I hope a lot, you know, enough of them up and, and left for their own safety and for the safety of their family and whatever else. But, you know, it's it's not good. And you never hear numbers. You always hear when people die. You know, but you know, and then you'll hear you'll hear that X number of people displaced. What does that actually mean in the context of, you know, a disaster? Does that mean the number of people who actually physically lost their home? Or is it the number of people who are temporarily, um, you know, their house got flooded or the house got damaged and they fix it and move back in? I don't know. And then there's... Like, how many people lose their pets in these things? I'm guessing there's tons of them. Pets, livestock, crops. I don't fucking know. Jesus, like, wild animals? Fuck. It's gross. Circle of life, though, right? In some regards? I don't fucking know. All I know is that it sucks. And I feel terrible, so. It's the last I'm talking about that. Um, <clears throat> mentioned a handful of things that I wanted to talk about on the show. I do want to talk about chess because I I said I was going to talk about chess last week and I didn't. But this fucking uh, chess cheating scandal is out of control. Like legitimately out of control. You had a grand champion up and quit uh, a match with the dude that allegedly had the anal beads um, the other day. This was, yeah, what day was this? Oh, last week, I'm sorry. Um, they were in a match. <laughs> uh, the dude uh, makes one move and then just leaves the match. Now, it was electronic, so he just turned his camera off and turned and, and left the game. Not as dramatic as up and leaving a live match, but still. And then he, then he, he, he posted like a... You know, an, an explanation. 
where he literally officially accuses this guy, uh, Hans Niemann, of cheating. And this was uh, yesterday, the 27th. He's like, I am not willing to play chess with Niemann. End quote. Quote, he, uh, he, Neiman, quote, has cheated more and more recently than he has publicly admitted. End quote. The scandal has rocked the chess world. Rocked. At the same time, like, how much fucking press. This is the most press, the sport of chess. And I, th- I, I mentioned this the other day, a couple episodes ago. The sport, quote unquote, of chess has never, has never had more press. Here's the thing, right? How do they combat this? And I was thinking of this the other day. How do they combat this? Like, what is it that they're going to have to do to prevent, um, like, this sort of, of scandal to happen again? Are we now talking, like, full body cavity searches? Before a chess tournament, I mean, granted, I'm sure that, you know, uh, will uh, some sort of rights being trampled upon if that were the case. But if you sign to be part of this, maybe there's something in the in the agreement that you <laughs> that you agree to spread your butthole and make sure that you're not you don't have some kind of electronic device up there. <laughs> Oh my god, it's just so fucking stupid. For for a a bunch of people that are uh, supposedly, you know, highfalutin, high class, whatever. I mean that maybe that's just the air that chess gives off, right? The illusion that that chess gives off is that it's a bit highfalutin. <laughs> What a stupid term. Highfalutin. I don't even know if that's right. Also, my allergies are just fucking killing me all week long. Just brutal. I had a conversation with a very nice uh, Cumberland Farms cashier yesterday about allergies this time of year. I mean, I honestly don't recall, maybe because I never really paid that much attention to it, but I don't recall having this much trouble at this time of year with allergies. But today, in this week, brutal. Anyways, back to uh, buzzing assholes. So, you know, they have to figure out a way to combat this cheating thing. They have to figure out a way to make sure that people... I mean, you probably don't need a full-body cavity search. You probably just need, like, a you know metal-detecting wand in the asshole to see if there's something there. I don't know. I'm sure there's more than just anal beads. Could be something in a shoe, something in like the, you know, belt line of your pants or something like that. Something that buzzes and moves or does whatever. So they're going to have to do something. (laughs) It's just funny. And you know what else? Like these people are fucking young. Like the, a lot of the quotes that you're seeing are from people that are, you know, in their early 20s. Like the, the cheater in question is only 19, yet the grand champion here, Marcus Neiman, he's he's a, a ripe old 31. 
fucking wild. I wonder if Gary Kasparov has said anything about this. I didn't bother to look, and quite frankly, I'm not that interested to do so. But I would be interested to hear his take. Maybe we can get a quote from that uh, IBM computer that uh, Kasparov played at one point. See what see what that thing has to say. He has no idea what anyone would be talking about, unless it's a sentient being and knows exactly what it, what anal beads are. In which case, you might have a bigger problem. I don't know. All right. Um, so, someone on Twitter. That's a good way to start a segment, huh? All right. Um, stupid. International Podcast Day, September 30th, this coming Friday. Don't forget, spread the word with hashtag World's Worst Podcast. Complaints and observations, yeah. Uh, someone on Twitter posted a video uh, the other day that was about two years old. I came to find. I thought it was relatively new, but it wasn't. Um, of a 2,500-year-old sarcophagus being unsealed in Egypt. I found it amusing because there were two guys who were kneeling uh, next to it and pushing it, it it open. And my guess is that they thought that they were really fucking cool. Like, oh, we're going to be heroes. We're going to kneel down and push open this, essentially a coffin of, with a, with a, uh, you know, a dead body inside. And, and I, and they were they were covering their noses, to which I tweeted, uh, quote, a 2,500-year-old rotting corpse cannot smell good, end quote. There's no way it can, right? I just found it a, a tad absurd. It's like, oh, hey, here's this old coffin. Let's crack it open. And uh, a comment was made <clears throat> by the uh, Carnival Personnel Podcast. I think I, I mentioned this, mentioned them last week. Uh, three guys on the show, and I'm I'm never sure who actually runs the account, so I feel like an asshole because of that. But it's a good show; you should listen to it. Carnival Personnel, check it out. It's incredibly entertaining. They seem to have they, they've done a lot. All of them. They seem to have done a lot of stuff, and they, I find it interesting. But anyways, uh, uh, they made a salient point. It's like they quote, "What's the line between archaeology and grave robbing?" And quote, "Every single story." that you uh, read or hear about these things always makes a point to say whether or not the tomb has already been robbed or looted or pillaged or whatever. But they never seem to make the correlation that what's happening at that exact moment is that exact same thing. The ancient Egyptians didn't build these things thinking, hey, let's make it so in 2,500 years, future humans will be like, whoa, let's pillage. No, they're fucking burial grounds. They they built these things as a, you know, essentially a shrine to the dead, whoever the dead person happened to be. Normally it's, uh, you know, pharaohs and and uh, exalted leaders, etc., etc., But they're burial grounds. It's not, you know, if your fucking cousin Jethro gets pinched for digging up your grandmother to grab some jewels, he gets arrested, right? What the fuck's the difference? Because <laughs> it's old? Ooh. 
Not to mention, how many of these things really need to be opened? What is the what is the uh, the overarching arching 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 need, uh, reason behind this? And what's the fucking point? What are they going to find in there that's so drastically different than anything else they'd previously found? It's going to be a different person. That's probably where it ends, right? I was reading the other day about one that, that, that got found where um, the the tongue was wrapped in gold leaf so that the dead could speak to Osiris in the afterlife. It's like, whoa, that's fucking deep. That's deep. And yet here we are digging it up. Oh, let's take this fucking gold tongue. Ha, 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 fuck you. You would think the novelty would wear off at some point, right? But it hasn't. It's just an insatiable need to know who is in these things and what they did for some fucking reason. I just, you know, I don't know. Think about it. Once you hear, like, Nefertiti was found in tube. K KV31, because that's what we modern-day humans have come up with to, to label these things. Letters and numbers that, that don't make any sense. It's like, and, and now using CT scans, we'll create a composite to know what she looked like. Well, fucking huzzah! Isn't that great? And that's really, that's going on now. By the time October rolls around, we'll have... Uh, definitive information on Nefertiti, Queen Nefertiti. She lived in approximately 1300 BC. That is BC before Christ, 3300 years ago. Now, that in and of itself is very interesting. But, you know, when, when they just keep digging these fucking things up, it's like, for what? For what? What's the actual point of knowing what she looked like? Nefertiti, by the way, was King Tut's stepmom. Seems Tut's dad. Um, let me see if I can pronounce this correctly. Akhenaten, Akhenaten, Akhenaten. Or basically Amenhotep IV. Akhenaten. <laughs> uh, anyways, that was Tut's dad, Amenhotep IV. Uh, he banged one of his own sisters um, who birthed Tut. Yeah, great. Just goes to show you that, you know, the monarchy doesn't stray too far from history. You know, it doesn't matter when, but the uh, the, the rulers or, or the leaders of the day were weird as fuck. Look, I, I like history, always have, but I firmly believe that there's a certain point where enough is enough. It's like, stop digging around in graves and showing them off to, to tourists. It's fucking ghoulish. 
just it's it's pointless. It doesn't seem to have a there's no need, right? There's no actual need to know this. It's not as if the lives of humans are going to improve vast improve vastly if we're aware of something that occurred 3300 fucking years ago, right? Where's the value? We already know who she was based on previous exhumations of all these other fucking things. So what do we what what's it for? It just doesn't serve a purpose. At least that's what I think and quite frankly I think I'm right. <laughs> Uh, moving right along during this uh, very subdued, <laughs> awful edition of an awful program. Um, speaking of awful, the New England Patriots. Now, <clears throat> uh, I think I was far more angry in real time on Sunday, um, you know, at the game and watching things play out and you're in, in you know you, you obviously get a better oh jesus excuse me i don't want to say you get a better look at things but you get a different look at things when you're you know three miles above the field and it, it, your eye is sort of um at least in my case it's wandering to different parts of the field that aren't necessarily you know exactly where the football is so there are a number of instances where you're watching and, you, and you're watching uh, you know, the blocking and you're watching the the formation and this and the other thing. And, and even when you have a very limited sort of uh, knowledge about how these things work. And, and look, I've watched a ton of football in the course of my life, but guess what? I still know nothing about the game, okay? I'll be the first to admit it because there are a lot of people that are within the game that have forgotten more than I'll ever know. Why? Because they're in it. That's just the way it goes. However, I think there are a lot of instances where you can tell when something is being fucked up, okay? It's, I think it's fairly obvious in some uh, instances. In, in one of those instances, in, in fact, was, was this past week. When, you, when you're watching the game unfold, especially in the offensive side of the ball. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, completely different. Because, look, you're up against a fucking alien. Like, Lamar Jackson is fucking ridiculous. The man is, he's absurd. And what he did on Sunday is the kind of thing that he can do against most, if not all teams, all defenses in the league. Will there be some differences? Probably. But there's literally no reason why he can't throw for four touchdowns every time he steps in the field. There's no reason why he can't run for 100 yards and a score every single time he steps on the football field. He's that fucking good. He's an anomaly. He really is. Way too many people don't like him because he's not a quote-unquote prototypical quarterback, end quote, which means he's not tall and white and goofy. I would fucking kill to have that guy. On the Patriots. I would kill for that. Because it would be unfucking believable to watch him all the time. 
so, you know, on the defensive side, there was the first half, they were great. Second half, obviously, Baltimore made adjustments, came out flying, scored a bunch of points in the second half. So it was different. Like, I don't think they made the right adjustments. I think they played him to run far more than they did to, to pass, and it kind of bit them in the ass. What they should have done is just gone almost like a, into a base defense where they just sort of, you know, they they had their four-man rush, uh, tried to contain him a little bit, you know, uh, had the end sort of, you know, try to try to contain, I guess, as opposed. And then, look, if he wanted to run up the middle, the idea is that the linebackers or a linebacker is there. You didn't. I don't think you needed a spy. What do I know? Not much. So that's why he, you know, threw four touchdowns and ended up beating them a couple of times on long runs. So the defense, I don't think, played as well as they could have, even though, like I said, in that first half, they played great. But to me, I think the the problem started in the second quarter. It was their uh, first possession of the second quarter. They just got the ball back um, after forcing a punt. And so they started in good field position, that ball in their own 41-yard line. Now, they managed to uh, to get down the field, right? Second and nine, or third and nine, I should say. Third and nine at the Baltimore 33. So what, what does Matt Patricia call? He puts, he puts Matt Jones in the shotgun, and it's a handoff to Damian Harris. Up the middle, six yards. On third and nine. At their 33. So that tells me that they were going to go for it on fourth down regardless. Okay. You're not handing the ball off on the 39-yard line, on your opponent's 39, on third and long, if you're not already planning to go for it on fourth down. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure that out. Pun intended. Or bad joke intended, I should say. So instead of trying to go for the th- for the first down on third and long, they were playing for a fourth down play. That's what they were doing. Which is fucking stupid. It's it's fucking stupid. It's the second quarter. There's 10 minutes to go in the second quarter and you're already playing for a fourth down play. At your opponent's 39-yard line, you're only down, what, 7-3? You're down 7-3. It's not like it's a fucking blowout. It's not like you're down three scores and you need to do this. You don't. You don't need to do that at all. Yet this is what this fucking idiot thought was a good idea. So what do they do on fourth and three? Max back in the shotgun. Short pass. Because, you know, because they're good rush. Uh, from Baltimore on this on this play. And and here's the thing, right? They turn it over, but then they get fucking bailed out because Jackson throws a pick. He gets fucking bailed out. They manage to get the ball, and it takes them seven plays from the Baltimore 32 to get it into the end zone. And it was basically... 
mostly um, Stevenson. He ran the ball, what, four times? He ran the ball three times for uh, 24 yards. And then the touchdown was a was a broken play, and and uh, Mac punched it in from the three. But it's just it, it like the thinking doesn't make sense to me, right? It just doesn't, and it, it and look, the quarterback uh, has a lot to do with this. This kid last year played smart. This year, he it's almost as if he's forgotten how to play football in some cases. Not every case, but some. Like, the line is, is half good. The line in front of him, half good. Last week against Pittsburgh, which, honestly, is probably a better defensive front than Baltimore, not by much, but I would say slightly. They kept a clean pocket from Mac most of the game, most of the afternoon. This week, no. No, they didn't. And I think it hurried him, and I think it led to some bad decisions. But I also think that that hurry confused the fucking receivers because you see, you know, the interception uh, that Mac threw in the end zone. Uh, on the pass intended for Devontae Parker, Parker had no fucking clue what he was doing on that play. None. And when you, if you watch the replay, you can see it. He's he's literally lined up with his fucking hands out like, I don't know. The problem is Mac should have seen that and like either taken a timeout, thrown the ball away, you know, audible to a run, something. Do something when you know full well that the guy's that your receivers don't know what the fuck is going on. You, it is his responsibility to fucking change the play or to do something to fix it. Don't just fucking take two steps back, uh, throw off your back foot and just, you know, put it in the, in the hands of, of, of the corner. The problem we have now, you know, after this game is that you have, You have an injury to Mac, so you don't know what the fuck's going on. You have all kinds of reporting and all kinds of bullshit about how they're not getting along because this guy wants a second opinion, the Patriots want this and that, and it's fucking so stupid. It's all stupid. And it, it the part of it is that the Patriots are letting all this shit get out. Which, may, look, I don't want to be like this, oh, Bill Belichick's a genius. I don't want to be like that guy. But it, it, I can't for the life of me figure out how he, of all people, with the people that he has around him now, because he has nothing but yes men. Why do you think fucking Matt Patricia is the goddamn offensive coordinator, even though he's not? They're fucking, he's surrounded by yes men. And why wouldn't he say, don't fucking say anything? Which kind of leads me to believe that he's the one leaking all this crap out, or somebody knows that he knows that it's being leaked out. I don't know. But fuck off. It's it's just the whole thing is stupid. It just doesn't feel like the Patriots anymore. And and look, anybody with a functioning brain should should have seen this coming a mile away. You should have seen that the, the New England Patriots were not going to be what they were 
from, you know, uh, 2001 to, I don't know, give it to, say, 2020, I guess. I don't know. Or 2019, whatever. For, for 20 seasons, they were the cream of the crop, the best of the best. So it wasn't going to continue. It's, it's literally impossible for that to happen. And now, what do you have now? And I mentioned this before. Uh, you have a bunch of spoiled, whiny assholes where anytime anything bad happens, uh, you know, logic goes out the window. You have, to, you have to take all of this with a grain of salt because this is growing pains because now you've, you, you've, you've, you've become an average team is what you've become. Hate to say it. Fuck, it sucks. But that's, that's how it is. That's life, Patriots fans. That's how it fucking goes. You cannot continue to be the best team in the league for more than 20 seasons. I mean, honestly, you can't even... These days, if a team is really good for for more than five years, that's an anomaly. It really is. Take a look at shit. Like, look at the Rams. Look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs have been good for a while, and that's the kind of thing that can continue, and it's because of the quarterback. And honestly, it's because of the quarterback here, like Brady being the greatest football player ever. Ever. That guy played for us for 20 fucking seasons. And for some reason, you know, Belichick thought that the 42-year-old guy couldn't play anymore. And uh, he was 42. It's a very Roger Clemensy type of thing, right? It's, it's really not. But, I mean, Dan Duquette in the 90s saw what was going on with Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> with Roger Clemens, it was like, yeah, this guy stinks. Off you. I'm not. I'm not bringing it back. See you later. Then he takes the juice, goes to Toronto, dominates, but not the same. The correlation really doesn't add up there, but there is a slight similarity in that Roger Clemens then went on to pitch for what I don't know, fucking ten more years after that. Granted, he was cheating the whole time, but still, it could come out that Tom was doing the same thing. <laughs> Him and his fucking sunken cheeks. The problem now is that you need, you don't have, you don't, it's almost as if it's a rudderless ship now, even though Belichick is still in charge. Like his press conference today, Wednesday morning, like he's fucking giggling and smiling. It's like, what the fuck happened to this dude? Is he just floating along, like hoping to pick up a handful of wins here and, and catch Shula. Is that the end game for him at this point? Where the Super Bowl is not a thing anymore? When I mean, he knows full well what he lost? I mean, that has to be it, right? It's got to be. He has to be finally uh, uh, realizing the mistake that he made in letting Brady go. And now he's just sort of hoping to uh, to stay on for however many years to be the winningest coach of all time. It's really the only logical conclusion that I could draw because he's gone from cutthroat, uh, you know, skilled tactician to the occasionally jolly uh, 
old guy. I don't even know what to call him. He hasn't forgot how to coach. That's not it. I really don't think that's it. I don't care how old he is. I just don't, you know, I, I just wonder how much he actually cares anymore. He's collecting a huge salary. Massive. You know, anywhere from like 15 to 20 million a year or something like that. And so it's not like he uh, is fighting for his job because he's never going to get fired. I mean, the crafts will sit down with him and be like, all right, uh, we don't think you should coach anymore. And then it'll be Bill retiring, uh, you know, to fucking hang on on his boat. Or he's going to retire and go coach lacrosse at Amherst College or some shit. I don't know. But something has to change here. And the problem is, I don't think anything is going to. And you always start the season in this town with the first four games are an extension of the preseason. It's been that way for years. But now that you have uh, your starting quarterback is hurt, you're, you're turning the ball over to, to uh, Axel Hoyer, and you're hoping that Axel can can keep a you know a semblance of normalcy. And I don't think it's going to be so bad. I think he's going to make mistakes, which he is prone to do, which is why he's a backup. Apparently, he's lost his last eleven starts in a row. It goes back to like fucking 2015 or something stupid like that. I don't know. But I don't think he's going to do that bad. I honestly think they'll be somewhat fine, but not entirely fine. I just find it frustrating. It, it's the it's the disorder, and it's the uh, all the crap that floats out into the media, all that stuff that just you didn't hear about before is what's making it different. The losing. Honestly, I don't even really care that much about it because we got 2020. That is two decades of unbelievable football. Unbelievable winning. Do do I think we deserve 20 years of losing? No, but if we get like five, am I really going to complain? No, fuck that. What I will complain about it's just how off it looks. It just doesn't feel right. That's that's really the only the only conclusion I can draw is that it just doesn't feel the same. And I wonder if that's just because they're not winning. Maybe that is it. I don't know. But I've I've fully accepted the fact. Again, I've said, I've repeated myself now like six times. I've accepted the fact that they're going to lose. I just can't accept the fact that it's a fucking shambles. I don't care for it. So Netflix recently released a uh, docudrama on the life of one Jeffrey Dahmer. Why? For what? For the sake of entertainment, they created a program based on the life of a man who killed upwards of 17 people, probably more, I think it was more, I don't know, mutilated them, ate them, and saved their skulls. Literally, 
that's what the man did. It was proven. I'm not 100% sure if he admitted it. I'm guessing he did. I'm not, I'm not really sure. But now, <clears throat> now they've created a program that's being watched by thousands of people. Tens of thousands of people are watching this. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I've asked this before on the program, but what's the obsession in this country with crime, murder, death, guns, etc.? How is any of that at all entertaining? And where did it come from? The serial killer thing is even, is the most fucked up of all. Oh, I'm fascinated by the mind. Really? So you have a desire, some kind of weird fascination to find out why people murder, mutilate, and eat other humans? Is it, for what? Why? Is that information going to be somehow useful to you down the road, or do you simply have a warped view of entertainment? Some of the highest rated podcasts are of the true crime genre, because people have this grotesque sense of joy and find find it uh, in the sometimes gory details of this horrific shit. <clears throat> I'm getting sick just talking about it. Not really. I had something stuck in my throat. Uh, once you've learned about it, after it's initially happened, why on earth do you want to know more? All I'm doing is sitting here asking question after question after question because I just don't understand. I don't see the appeal. I don't see how entertainment... Or, okay, I don't see how... This, the, 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 the basis of a program like this is at all entertaining. You know what the man did, and, and what are you watching? You're watching a, uh, a fictionalized uh, version of his story. For, for what? <laughs> oh, I like it. Well, you're a sick fuck. How about that? But you look at it now. Everything. You, remember when? Remember when I had this conversation with my wife. Remember when twenty twenty that show on ABC it was twenty twenty Friday nights ten p.m. It was a uh, you know a, 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 like a sixty minutes ish program. It was a news show, but it was a news magazine show, is what they called it, which was long form stories, right? And it was uh, Hugh Downs and Barbara Walters were the the uh, the hosts, the anchors for 2020. It was a big fucking deal. Did you, did you know that 2020 is still on? Except now it's a Dateline NBC ripoff. Dateline NBC used to be a news magazine program until uh, Chris Hansen came along and started doing To Catch a Predator, and now it's just murder. Just murder. Both shows, just murder. That's it. Everything is a murder story. There's no other fucking stories that they talk about other than killing other people. Than people killing other people. That's it. How do I know this? My mother-in-law watches all these fucking things. I can't fucking figure it out. I just... 
there's little redeeming value to finding out about any of it. I mean, are you going to go around uh, talking to your friends about, oh, did you see that episode of Dateline where that dude killed his wife or where that that wife killed her husband? Oh, fuck. You'll talk about it for two seconds, and then it's then it's it. That There's nothing else to it. There's no meat in the bone, literally and figuratively. It's the same fucking thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. You know, until you have a guy that mutilates 17 uh, people, cuts them up, eats them, serves serves ground flesh to friends, and they show that in the fucking uh, uh, program. What are we doing? <laughs> it's just fucking... Um, it's creepy. I mean, that's the that's the 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 basis of it. It's creepy. You know, am I am I weird for thinking that? I would fucking hope not, because uh, my guess is that a lot more people agree with me than than don't. But there is still a t- shit ton of people with twisted minds watching this crap. And speaking of kind of creepy, I, I I got a voicemail for you. Check it out, Dave. It's Mike. I'm uh, not really sure what I did to deserve this, uh, but I'd really appreciate it if the never-ending loop of Gloria Estefan's greatest hits could stop playing in my head. I mean, what the f- I'm supposed to do? Help me, Dave. I need it. I need you, man. Right, you see what I mean? It, it get kind of creepy at the end, so... Um, also, Mike, you, you can, you can swear on this program. You can say fuck the, uh, the clever usage of, of the beep, um, nicely done, but you can say fuck. I don't know what you did to deserve that, uh, Mike. I think first of all is that somehow you were listening to Gloria Estefan's, um, Greatest hits. Also, the pronunciation, like, spot on. Apparently, Michael speaks a little bit of Spanish from, at least I think, I think he speaks a little Spanish, yeah. Um, so that's probably why and and how he was able to give the, um, the note-perfect uh, pronunciation of Gloria Estefan. I said it wrong, but and, and with a French tinge for some reason. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's on you. I I can't really help you. Um, you must have done something to deserve it. I don't know what, but, uh, quite frankly, whatever you did to deserve it, I'm sure it was bad. But basically that's what you get for listening to Gloria Estefan's greatest hits. I went to look to see how many songs that I would know from that album. Um, Rhythm is going to get you is the only one that like jumps out at me. Uh, one, two, three, I think is another one. Um, but there's nothing else on here that, oh, get on your feet. Yep. That's one. Um, and I'm sure I've heard all or most of the songs, but none of them, uh, regularly get stuck in my head. 
there is a, a a scientific explanation behind songs getting stuck in your head, and I wish I had thought to look into that before I started recording this crap. But um, it's funny because that shit. Some weird things will pop in your head at weird times. Completely unrelated. The way that your brain works is fascinating, and there's so much crap in your brain. Literally, I mean, just your brain is full of crap. Apparently, there's like 70,000 thoughts a day, roughly. Some of us more than that. And it's like, okay, where the fuck do you get 70,000 tiny bits of information? It's all collected through the course of your life. However, most of it was um, apparently learned at a young age, and it's just being recycled over and over and over and over again. So I don't know exactly how that's supposed to work, because I'm not that smart. And as I've said multiple times, I like to talk about things that I don't know anything about. But So Michael, I'm terribly sorry that you, um, that you have that problem. One of the things that I typically do when I have a song stuck in my head is I immediately try to find completely different opposite songs of whatever it is is stuck in my head. So I would prescribe to you um, three Panteras, um, uh, two John Mayers, and uh, one Cannibal Corpse. It is Wednesday. It is time for everyone's favorite part of the program, Three Grapes. Gripe number one, traffic. I'm certain I've uh, said this before, but uh, it is damn near impossible to drive anywhere at any time and not get stuck in traffic these days. Now, uh, this, this stems back to last Thursday. I was on my way to uh, see my dear friend Ali at Tweed Barbers of Boston, 1313 Washington Street, South End, Boston, Mass. Need a haircut? That's where you should be going. That's where you should be going. Don't go anywhere else. Don't go to fucking Supercuts and get your, your hair hacked by some hack. I left my house at uh, 10.20 a.m. For an 11.30 appointment. Typically I don't go that early. But uh, for some reason I didn't make an appointment ahead of time. So I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to try to make an appointment early. And the original appointment, 12.30, they called and said, hey, can you come in early? I said, you know what, I can. For Ali, I'll do anything you need. So now I'm 30 miles south of the city. So we're talking no traffic, uh, 35 to 40 minute drive. And then this is the part where I tell you I didn't get to uh, to the barbershop until 11.40. Took an hour and 20 minutes before noon on a Thursday. Like, that's fucking stupid. Really? And look, uh, my big, my biggest issue is, is, is that, with most big issues, is that there's, there's no one has been able to figure out a better way to handle all this, to handle traffic or uh, to make it easier for people to get around. Oh, but what about public transit? Fuck you. 
Uh, we're going to have old-ass trains that randomly catch fire or derail or get uh, other, some other sort of fucked up enough. Uh, and the schedule is nothing more than numbers printed on a multifold pamphlet. So, I mean, that does nothing. It's it's one of these things, public transit is one of these things that literally every country on earth gets right except for us. And I can't, uh, why? I mean, I think I know why. It's easy to know why because, you know, the automobile companies uh, make more money when we buy more cars. So therefore, there's a shit ton of fucking cars and if you don't want to drive, or if you can't drive, guess what? You're fucked. Because the interest will get a shit. You don't have money, so get a shit. Fucking loser. We need more bike lanes and fewer cars. Was well, that right, Lance? Fuck you. Are you suggesting that people who live in the burbs ride a bike to work in the city? No. I don't think so. Bikes, what a dumb fucking concept or a dumb fucking idea in a country that can't figure out any semblance of usable rail travel. It's an entirely different gripe, but the bike lane people are lacking any sort of sense of reality. That's all I have on that for now. But look, you cannot, you're not going to figure out a way to make traffic better if you haven't figured out a way uh, to have reliable public transportation. You need an alternative to actually driving. If I wanted to get, if I wanted to take the train from my house to Tweed, it would probably take at least an hour and a half, if not more. And I would still have to drive, granted five, ten minutes down the street, but I'd still have to drive to get to the train station. I then take multiple fucking trains, get off multiple times, and then eventually walk from the closest train stop to Tweed. It doesn't work. It simply does not work. And again, it, it's impossible for me to stress just how fucked up the, the public transit system in this country is when you can see, for example, for here's here's like the most glaring thing to prove how awful public transit is, not just in Boston, but in this entire country, in entire country, in Kiev, in Ukraine, right? They're in the middle of a war, mind you, and the Russians have bombed uh, a fair majority of the eastern part of that country. Yet, the trains are still running in Ukraine, in a, in a, in a large swath of that country. How was that fucking possible? Like, they're literally, there's a video on Twitter, I saw it not too long ago, of, of, of a group of people on a train, right, going down the tracks, stopping whenever there's an issue. So the Russians occasionally would, uh, you know, cut the track. So these folks would get off, fix the rail, get back on, keep going. And they're also, like, clearing mines at the same time. Yet, we have to shut down uh, a section of the Orange Line for a fucking month to try to fix a handful of things. What? It's all profit-driven. Everything is profit-driven. There's all money behind it. 
it's just frustrating. It's because it, it's stupid. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Just like gripe number two, tardiness. If you know me at all, then you know how much I simply cannot stand being late or people that are late. If there's a reasonable excuse, I'm happy to listen. But 95% of those excuses are not reasonable. So put them away. Vince Lombardi allegedly said, quote, if you're five minutes early, you're already 10 minutes late, end quote. Well, that's bullshit, Vince. If your meeting starts at 8, if you tell me your meeting starts at 8, and I'm there by 7.55, you should have just fucking said that the meeting actually starts at 7.45, and then I would have showed up at 7.40. You're just being a salty prick for no fucking reason. The real line that I live by, and I don't know who said this, uh, if you're on time, you're late. And that's it. Just be on time. I'm not asking for a ton. reason for this is Jennifer and I started the uh, the Patriots uh, season last uh, this past Sunday and we pay for our parking at, at the Patriots games for, for the year through an app because now they, they've used an app, I want to say, for the last three seasons. And the app clearly states, quote, parking lots open at 8 a.m., end quote. What time do you think we were let in on Sunday? That's right, 8.33 a.m. We had this issue last year, and I got out, <clears throat> and I asked one of the parking attendants, like, what is going on here? And she informs me that the people who decide that it's, uh, you know, that you can open the gate for, for um, uh, people to go in and park, it's the Massachusetts State Police. There are roughly 8,000 state cops milling about from the time that we get there, which is typically before 8 a.m., because the idea is you want to be in line for 8 a.m. So you have this long line of fucking traffic on Route 1, taking up the entire lane of traffic, entire right lane, to get into this lot before 8 a.m. The longer you wait, the longer the line of traffic gets. And, and quite frankly, I, I've always found that to be a problem. So you would think that the state police would want to move traffic along to prevent any particular issues on the actual roads. But it seems as if uh, they would rather think that you know 98% of the crowd uh, is going to you know cause a problem. Well, I, sh- I said that wrong. They're fixated on the 2% of the crowd that might be a problem and simply want to delay the inevitable. That's what I think. I think they just think, well, if we just hold them back for another half hour, they're not going to get shit-faced. I would say three-quarters of the people that drive out of there after a game, legally drunk. Guaranteed. Another reason, look... uh, the public transit to fucking Foxborough? Forget it. You get one train in and out. One. And if you miss it, you're fucked. And it's not even that big. So fuck you. I don't want to hear it. But it's just fucking stupid. Don't tell me... Don't give me a time if you're not planning to start on time. Like, fuck you. 
it's it's fucking basic, uh, simple. I don't even know what to say. I'm so fucking. I'm still mad, and it's been three fucking days. Gripe number three. In re- this is for probably the eighth or ninth time that this has been a gripe. Instagram. So Instagram really pushes you towards stories and reels. Like posts don't even really, they're not even really a thing anymore, right? Um, the, the business model has moved towards reels because Instagram wants to be TikTok for some weird fucking reason. Fucking TikTok. Oh, my God. What a fucking train wreck that is. But at this point, when you're going through reels, okay, uh, it's just ass. Seriously, like actual literal ass. Maybe it's just my feed, and, and but all I'm seeing is ass. Now, look, I'm not one to really complain about it. But it's gone to the point now where I'm like, I'm trying to figure out ways to not have so much ass on my Instagram feed. Or, or you know, when you're scrolling through your reels. Because it's all connected. The algorithm is all, it's all based on what you've seen before. So if you've watched, like, if you, my my assumption is if that you, like, push two or three reels with ass on it, uh, the, the Instagram's like, oh, flood them with ass. Quick, flood them with ass. It's becoming, uh, you know, the the social media version of Skinamax. It's just soft core, not pornography. It's it's just, <laughs> it's just like a a Macy's catalog, really. It's just, it's it's women in thongs. That's pretty much the entire uh, business model now for Instagram, and they can, uh, you know, Zuckerberg can say whatever he wants. Oh, a side note. Uh, no one lost more money in the last year than Mark Zuckerberg. Doesn't that feel great? Think about that. Drink that in. I got a kick out of that. Anyways, it's like we used to use this medium as a, to provide a visual look at what's going on in our life. Something that was away from Facebook that, you know, you were able to sort of uh, manipulate how you, you can't do it anymore. Because the algorithm has, has totally fucked your actual feed. That unless you go in and do, you got to go up to the top, uh, top left, push that button, the arrow down, you click on following, and now you have a, a timeline where it's literally, uh, you know, it's 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 a timeline from earliest to latest. It's how it goes. So the, the other day, I'm I'm on Instagram and I'm scrolling through the reels, and it literally, I'm getting just ass everywhere. Ass everywhere, ass everywhere. You know that's. Um, <clears throat> so I'm like, all right, I gotta figure out a way to fucking fix this. So now I'm like, literally blocking these accounts to to hopefully get the the algorithm to be like, okay, obviously he doesn't want this anymore. So let's let's figure something out. So then I purposely start watching a bunch of cat videos, and the cat videos are great. I'll get like four or five cat videos in a row, and then it's like. Back to ass. It's like, oh, that's too many cat videos for you, Dave. We're back to ass. It's like, fucking A. And it, every one of these broads is the fucking same. That's the other problem. There's no variety in the ass. <laughs> There's none. 
they're all like hot moms or, hey, I'm a mom and I'm 32, but guess what? I'm still hot. And of course, each and every one of them has has a cross or a Bible uh, emoji uh, or says Jesus follower in their bio. It's like, fuck you. Fuck you. Or the fucking broads that like, uh, you know, picture, the, the, you know, with their big fucking fake tits, they're holding like a an AR-15, like, come take my gun while I'm showing you my tits at the same time. See? Isn't that cool? Because I'm a badass. And I'm a mom. I'm a... I have, like, four kids and shit. They're all the fucking same. Jesus follower. If there's one thing that I know about Jesus is that he loved ass, right? Nothing says Jesus like... Like, reel after reel after reel of you and your thumb. With whatever the fucking um, soup du jour uh, fucking song or uh, quote that you're lip syncing to uh, that particular day. A total lack of originality in the Instagram ass industry. It's fucking stupid. Instagram. Ugh. I say, ugh, but again, I enjoy Instagram because I like seeing what's going on with people that I don't see anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe you don't know. Maybe maybe you go on there just for ass. I don't know. Maybe that's your thing. Could be. I wouldn't I wouldn't fault you for it. Really wouldn't. But that's it for the show. I'm all done. This has been uh, the usual subpar crap uh, that you're used to, and I hope you sat there and you endured it. I'm not even going to say did you enjoy it, because I I know that you didn't. So I hope you sat there and endured it. And I hope it provided the background noise that you were looking for while you were assembling a, a Wayfair electric fireplace slash TV stand. Please call into the show 617-657-4736 I need all the content that I can get Uh, I would ask that you On Friday On your various social media channels If you could uh, Post the name of the program On whichever social media happens to be Whether it's Instagram At ComplaintsPod Twitter at ComplaintsPod Facebook Which I think is just Complaints and Observations uh, what else do I have? Uh, TikTok at complaints talk T O K. Um, I think that's it. Feel free to use the hashtag world's worst podcast, uh, when mentioning this show, it would mean a lot. I mean, maybe not, who knows, but, um, uh, you know, go to my various, uh, social media um, channels there, but, you know, uh, as I said, Facebook, I already mentioned it, but fuck Facebook. Um, uh, I have a YouTube page that I don't do anything with. I have a Twitch channel that I can't figure out. Uh, blah, 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 blah. The same fucking horse shit that I say at the end of every episode, but by now, no one's listening. If you've gotten this far, um, you can email me at showmail at complaints and observations. And if you use the word almond, I will send you $10,000. That's right. That's not right. I won't do that. But 
I will Venmo you two dollars and fifty cents if you if you email me the word almonds. Almonds. Just because I want to see how many people get this far. Guess ain't none. And mind you, I am broke as a fucking joke. Hopefully, starting a job in a couple of weeks, knock on wood. Uh, we'll talk about that another time. But, you know, uh, that's, you know, uh, I, was, I was offered the job and I literally have not heard anything since. They told me you're starting October 10th. And uh, here we are on the 28th of September, and I've literally heard nothing. I, I did a background check, heard nothing more. So I'm, like, yeah, I'm getting a little nervous, just saying. Just saying. But that's it for the show. Thank you as always. Uh, please tell your friends, tell your moms, tell your friend. Um, take care of yourself, please. Take care of each other. Also, please. Uh, Godspeed. Ta-ta.